0: Hello, and welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. And our episode today is one of the segments, and I am very excited to be sharing this with you. We are doing a four-part series of podcasts on navigating difficult conversations. And today, we are talking about are you being objective or are you assuming? And one of the elements of a difficult conversation is that emotions are triggered. And often, surprise, surprise, it's based on assumptions and not being objective. Being objective means that you are able to suspend judgment and not make assumptions that's often based on old patterns or behaviors. Being objective means to be open. And this is going to lead you to ask the right questions that engages the other person versus making them feel defensive or triggered. And our guest today is Nicola Van Dam, and she shares some great insights and anecdotes and tips. And I really like these tips, which is the go-to questions you can ask. This is really going to help you to be more aware of are you being objective or are you assuming and be able to have those more meaningful and not difficult conversations. Nicola Van Dam is a learning officer in leadership training at Ontario Power Generation, and we want to be clear that everything that she's sharing in today's episode is based on her journey of learning and her observations, and in no way affiliated with Ontario Power Generation. Nicola's career journey has taken her to industries such as publishing, healthcare, and nuclear power, allowing her to connect with different leaders and leadership styles. Let's meet Nicola. Nicola Van Damme, so great to have you on the show.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Looking forward to talking about this, Uh, being objective, making assumptions, asking the right questions... (laughs) <laughs> and for so many of us, I, I, I don't think we even realize how much we do assume. And I know you've got some great examples and some great anecdotes about when's the right time to ask the right questions because we were assuming and how to be more objective. Uh, this is a really going to be a very interesting episode for all of us in being better in our communication skills. Let's start with the qu- let's start with questions. Let's start with the, that last one. We talked about questions. What is a question, <laughs> Nicola, that you like to stay away from?
1: any question that begins with why.
0: Mm.
1: And the reason I tend to stay away from those is that's when my mum voice tends to come out. Working with professionals, working with adults, if I start a question with why, I automatically go to the question of, why did you do that? (laughs) And the problem with that is I immediately think of my children and how I'm asking, why did you do that? Which then Mm. is typically followed up with the very leading question of, Do you think that was a good idea? Which the correct answer from my children is always no. Uh, But um, I find that if I start a question with why, my Mm -hmm. mom voice is there. And oh, this is not how I want to be speaking to other adults. Uh, And also mindful of how I'm speaking to my children as well.
0: Yeah. As soon as you said that and mom voice, uh, I heard, you know, dad voice as well. Uh, it, it's totally parent voice. Absolutely. Why did you do that? Because it's so manipulative where we, we just want them to say what we want them to say It's leading them down that path. Uh, my, my mind around that is, uh, wouldn't you agree?
1: That's an interesting question because, again, very leading because yeah. you're you're seeking that agreement right from the get go in the way that you ask that question.
0: It's so assumptive. Speaking of uh, assumptions, and, and the other one is, uh, am I right? <laughs> uh,
1: and you always want the answer to be yes, correct?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> am I right? No, I don't think so. Huh? Huh. So you're what do putting you the mean? Th- yeah, what do you mean? Uh, wh- then, you, then you go to that next question, which was yours. Why do you think that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so this is good. This is a great example of, of being uh, uh, assumptive and leading. Um, so when we were talking earlier um, about having you on the show and you, you came up with this great idea, which was, you know, this is some of the research you're doing. This is some of the... The, the training you're involved with, which is, uh, are we being objective or are we assuming? Um, so tell me a bit about that, about, you know, what is the difference between being objective and and assuming?
1: We, we make so many assumptions on a day-to-day basis. Our brain is always looking for those patterns of behavior and things that we've mm-hmm. seen. So we tend to jump in and it's like, oh, I know the answer to this, or I know where this is going. And we a lot of times get it wrong yeah. when we remain objective and we have that outsider perspective and we can do that by looking at the facts of a situation as opposed to what our interpretation of a situation is.
0: Yeah. It, it, do you, and do you think sometimes the tone of voice makes a, uh, uh, maybe makes our, our opinion sound like it's a fact. So, for example, if I said, oh, uh, Nicola, you're going to be working with Janet. Janet can't be trusted.
1: So right away, you're setting me up, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you're setting me up. I'm going in with this, this idea now that... I'm. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm going to have to do all the work. Uh, you're looking to me to lead it, but I'm going to have to essentially micromanage the situation. That's immediately the assumptions that come to mind for me when you say that.
0: And, and because and did my tone of voice add to that? Did I did I sell it in the sense like unconsciously?
1: There was a, a large inflection in your tone there, where it's ed, the word can't yeah. can't be trusted. Right. So there was an urgency in the in your tone of voice there to make sure I was paying attention to the words you were
0: saying. So I'm yeah. So and I and, and so that's that leads. And I, I love that that example that leads you down this path now of you you've you've you bought it and now you're assuming and you've already started writing out the script in your head about what you're going to have to do next. Uh, that's how could it? So how could I have? if i'm if i to be a better communicator as an example how could i have maybe said that in a way to be more objective or or set you up for success or maybe there's some questions you could have asked to clarify
1: so initially you know i would i would be curious about why you think that so you know mm. tell me about a time where janet has led you to believe that she can't be trusted
0: right so a very specific example
1: yeah. So that way, if you were able to provide me with the facts of the situation, you for example, Janet worked on a project and there was missing information. Right. And you know, this is something that we have been working on. Uh, and so just some, it's, it's raising that awareness but you're giving me a specific around here is something to pay attention to as opposed to a very broad statement of she just can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. Which that could mean a whole slew of things. It could just mean that in a previous project, there was missing information.
0: Right. And and that's my perception that she can't be trusted. And to your perception, it might be... Well, maybe did she? <laughs> she, she maybe she made a mistake. Maybe there was something going on. Again, I, I guess we, we go we go even deeper as to what what might be the situation. But that's that becomes that became my assumption about her not being trusted. and I passed that assumption on to you.
1: That's correct. And when we pass along that assumption, as I mentioned, now I'm going in with these biases mm-hmm. and going to have my guard up with working. And that's right. gonna impact the trust that I'm gonna have when I haven't even met this person before. And keeping yeah. in mind for me, beginning those interactions, it would be important for me to go in with an open mind to draw my own conclusions. What is it I'm noticing? Um, yeah. how, how, is, how is that person showing up that day? Do they have things that are going on behind the scenes that are completely unrelated to the task at hand Mm -hmm. that could be driving some of those behaviors? But it's very interesting that you use the example of trust because it is such a broad statement that can mean many different things to different people.
0: Which, yeah, well, I, I, I came to me because it was—it's a very abstract comp concept of what trust is, because it, it's really a personal thing that happens. That I, I trust you because of certain things that happened. <laughs> I trust you, or I mistrust you because of my perception or my assumptions, um, because I didn't do due diligence, as the examples that that you just gave. So, speaking of assumptions, um, what about the assumptions that we make in? Uh, in everyday, in our maybe in our everyday interactions, is there is there some what you know? What are your thoughts around that?
1: We constantly are making assumptions. Uh, an example that I have is it, this happened recently with my supervisor. She said, "Nicola, I received an email from so and so," and immediately I thought. I knew what my supervisor was talking about. I jumped in. Yep, on it, got it, no problem. I all over it, and then my supervisor continued the conversation. And said, "Yes, but Nicola, there was an email from so and so," and again, I cut her off, going, "Yep, yeah, no, it's all good." I I responded, you know, we got it, and then there was a there was another pause. She went, "Nicola." there was another email. There was a second email that you were not included on that we need you to look at. And Uh, that's when I go back and I'm like, oh, oops, (laughs) because I made all these assumptions. And had I listened, Mm -hmm. had I just paused, allowed my supervisor to continue what it is that she needed to say rather than jumping in, we could have saved that 10 minutes of back and forth of me assuming that I knew what she was talking about.
0: Jumping in is the key word that I heard in assuming. Um, You were, it sounded like you were trying to, to, you know, save time. I got it. Conversation over. Done. Got it. And in the end, you lost more time because you were assuming.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, that's a that's a great example. So um, so now let's talk about where we're at, which is in the, in this within this virtual environment. So that's a good example when and and this might have even been happening virtually. Uh, but let's talk about some of the assumptions that we make that you've observed in in our virtual environment.
1: It's really interesting how transitioning to a virtual environment so much over the last you know couple of years, if you will, that. We make different types of assumptions now, and we throw out words such as engagement or disengagement based on what we think we are uh, noticing Mm -hmm. without that clarification. An example for me is when I'm working virtually or I'm, I'm facilitating a class, I work off of multiple screens. So there are times that I'm not looking directly at the camera. Right. So to somebody who is a participant in a session I'm facilitating, they may see me glance to the side because I'm watching what else is happening and I've got all these other things that I need to monitor, the chat, monitoring reactions and making sure that everyone has everything they need all while facilitating. Right. And so if I'm glancing to the side, somebody may notice and say, you know, think that i'm not engaged in the session right or if someone's responding to something i've said and i glance away where in reality i am paying attention i'm just working off of multiple screens i'm just not looking directly at you yeah a great way to call that out would be you know hey i noticed that you keep glancing away you can follow that up with a with a question you know what's up what's going on and that it to me would be a great way of opening the conversation so i can say oh i'm monitoring the chat on a second screen so you know forgive me while i glance away as opposed to somebody saying nicola you 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 seem disengaged today that would be triggering for me. What yeah. do you mean? I'm. What do you mean? I'm disengaged. <laughs> I'm monitoring the chat. I've got these multiple screens open to run this session. I've got so many things that I'm watching at the same time. I can't always be looking at the camera.
0: Uh, 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 that kind of assumption. Hey, Nicola, you seem disengaged. It's uh, it, it, again that tone of voice. It's assumptive and it kind of shames you. It shames you and creates a defensive behavior. Versus, hey Nicola, what's up? Um, and because you're, I see you glancing over to the side. Uh, just being objective, just saying what you see versus uh, saying, uh, naming, naming you or labeling you, I guess.
1: That's right. So it's saying whether I'm engaged or disengaged, that's the interpretation. That's that's the assumption that you're making mm-hmm. based on what you're observing. Whereas by stating the fact and saying, Hey, Nicola, I noticed that you are glancing to the side, you know, what's up? That's inviting the conversation to find out exactly what's happening as opposed to making that assumption and telling me what you're assuming in the moment.
0: Yeah. It's, and it's, it's
1: potentially a lot less triggering too.
0: It, it, it still can trigger, but it's but at least it's being fair by saying what's up versus versus labeling what's up. Well, I wasn't really all that interested, and I was reading I was reading my emails that was coming in, and people have said that, and it's like okay, well, fair enough. Uh, so that's uh, you know, thank you. That's and- at least that's uh, we've acknowledged that.
1: Yeah. And a point you made earlier about the tone and inflection in which somebody says that mm-hmm. I, I completely agree, it could still be triggering, and it could still make a person defensive. But it's, if you're stating the fact, I'm less likely to get defensive, because you are stating exactly what I've done, or what I've said, as yeah. opposed to uh, the conclusion that you've drawn.
0: Yeah because people will people will just sort of say yeah okay you got me yeah fair enough <laughs> i wasn't i was distracted or yeah i was on my phone or or yeah. or what what may be it uh and that's great i'm glad to you pointed out for the second screen because many times uh, i didn't catch on that people had a second screen so i'm facilitating and i just see like sides of heads uh and someone uh, and of course i don't want to say i didn't want to say anything uh someone finally just said just so you know i'm looking at a second screen it's like ah oh. So they actually helped speak to the assumptions that I was making in my own head. Like sometimes we don't actually even say what the assumption is, it's, it's in our head.
1: That's correct. And even in this example, it would be easy to say, you know, well, at the beginning of every session, just make sure you tell people that you're working off of multiple screens. But sometimes we forget, sometimes things happen. And so uh, if, if it is a distraction to someone, just invite the conversation. Uh, based on
0: that.
2: And
1: and then it, and then it clears the air and we can move on.
0: It's it's kind of, you know, say um, because communication is maybe one third, what we say, but two thirds is going on in our heads. So if we can be sometimes one, if we're a really great communicator, then we can maybe be one step ahead and maybe say what people might be thinking. So if we, if we take a second and think about, all right, uh, somebody who's looking at this might think that uh, I'm distracted because I'm looking at different screens, so I'll just call it out. Or sometimes introverts um, will say, um, just so you know, <laughs> I, I'm a bit of a quiet person and I've been told I look I look angry sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's, <laughs> it's interesting how, you know, being virtual now, yeah. we are... There's a heightened awareness i think of sometimes our facial expressions and the things that how we're presenting ourselves in the virtual world uh, and it, it's very different depending on the forum you're in as well whether it's a casual setting or there's certain expectations depending on who it is that you're engaging with
0: so speaking of that uh, let's talk about the assumptions going into <laughs> into our, our patterns that we have or all or behaviors uh, because it, it seems like it's, it's a story that we, we keep telling ourselves and, and maybe this leads to, to us being uh, assumptive, I, I guess. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, Nicola?
1: So absolutely, when we're interacting with individuals who are known for certain patterns of behavior, so and whether you know they're positive people or potentially not so positive people, uh, when we know that we're going to be engaging with them, we mm-hmm. tend to look for those sort of confirmation biases where we go in and right. it's like I'm ex- you're expecting certain behaviors from people you're expecting to people to react in a certain way yes. and so that's when we struggle to remain objective because we are looking for any little thing that they say or do that's going to reaffirm our biases towards that individual because it's oh that's Oh, they always say things like that, or they always behave that way. And so, you know, yeah. when they're being—if it's somebody being difficult—then uh, it's, you know, that's just that's just how they are. And you know, we 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 tend to compartmentalize as opposed to remaining objective. And maybe in an interaction, there was nothing in there it's that indicated that they were. Potentially, you know, in a negative frame of mind, if you will, or even you know, in their upbeat, positive frame of mind. Yeah. But it's just we 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 just have those assumptions about people as we go into those interactions.
0: So, so true. Uh, how how often that happens, and how surprising that uh, that we do that exactly. Like someone's positive, and we look for those signs, or someone might be have a or they, they say certain negative things and we, we just expect them that as soon as we start talking they're going to say something negative. And maybe they didn't say anything negative, but we we uh, took it as negative because our our, our assumptions are, are built that way that we're not looking at as a uh, as an opportunity or as a new conversation. We're, we're just looking for uh, uh, the signs. Oh that's there was there was the sign. I know in, in working, uh, I was always surprised in, in working a lot with, with salespeople uh, on, on their interactions. Uh, and we do some, some practice scenarios. Uh, and I'd give an object, I'd, give, I'd pretend to be the client. I'd give uh, a small objective like now's not a good time or uh, mm, I'm, I'm not sure. And they would right away just shut down. And I'd be like, Well, what happened? Why why didn't you ask some more questions or clarify? And they're like, Oh, client was being rude. R- rude <laughs> All I said was, uh, now's not a good time, or I am not so sure. But they but they they had that path set that that's they took any sign of uh of not I don't want to say negative, but uh, any sign of uh a challenge, but not they didn't look at it as a challenge, they looked at it as as shutting down.
1: That's really interesting and that you even sometimes to your point you you inviting the conversation afterwards so if somebody shuts down um, and even if you're thinking about you know, what happened
0: yeah.
1: did they actually ask that question though in in those situation, did you actually say you know you said you're saying this, this is what I'm hearing you say right. Uh, not right now or it's not a good time you know, it open the conversation, find out why, because maybe it has nothing to do with That's what right. you think. That's maybe, right. maybe it really just isn't a good time right now. And somebody does want to engage with you, just not right now, but we take it personally at yeah. times that it's, that it's a personal attack and it's like, actually, no, I am interested in what you have to say. I am interested in helping us figure out a path forward. Yeah just not right now. And that's where the remaining objective and thinking about exactly, okay, what exactly did the person say? What exactly did the person do? Mm -hmm. And is this just my assumptions and my interpretation of the situation that's causing me to believe that this is going sideways?
0: Right. Well, what I'm hearing from this is that we've got nothing to lose by asking that clarifying question after that. Because if we shut down, then we have fulfilled the prophecy and we fulfilled the assumption, but we haven't been objective because there's probably, as I said there could be a million stories behind that I don't have time. It could be I don't actually have time. It could be the budget doesn't come up till the next quarter. it could be my manager is out of town for the, the, or the, the person who's going to sign this off is out. it could be millions of reasons. but we got nothing to lose by checking those assumptions by asking those clarifying questions
1: absolutely and even if the answer isn't necessarily you know maybe the answer is i'm not interested i'm not interested the
0: door's over there
1: (laughs) but at least you know
0: that's right at least
1: you know and it's not your assumption and you are going away from the conversation on the same page as the other individual right and you know even again even in a a, a disagreement you can come away with an alignment and an understanding to be like this is where they were coming from this is where i were coming from and this is this is how we chose to leave the conversation and close the conversation or in another chance if the if there is future interactions going to come out of it because it just simply is this isn't a good time for this conversation. The closing of this conversation is let's chat tomorrow. Let's continue mm-hmm. this conversation in a couple right. of days because I would like to gain clarity on what it is that you are proposing or discussing or whatever the situation may be.
0: Check, check, check the assumption. Ask that clarifying question. Nicola, we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we if you're ready, we're going to do what we like to in our in our show that we have to call our failure to da moment. So I'll give you a chance while the break is going to think of your failure to da moment. Is that fair?
1: Sounds good.
2: Hi, I'm Joy Newhold. As the president of the Great Canadian Training Consulting Company, I want to thank you for listening and let you know that we're listening to you as well. Thanks to your feedback, we've arranged this four-part series on dealing with difficult conversations. Our Navigating Difficult Conversations series is a part of our belief at Great Canadian Training that learning to be better communicators is an important trait in the workplace. As a listener to the podcast, we've prepared a special package offer just for you. Go to greatcanadiantraining.ca slash promo. There you can sign up for one of our upcoming Conflict Be Gone navigating difficult conversations, public classes, and receive a free 30-minute one-on-one coaching session with Joel to focus on your specific needs. Our Conflict Be Gone, Navigating Difficult Conversations course helps you take a confident approach to conversations by understanding how emotional triggers affect behavior and learn techniques that encourage collaboration and build trust. And while you're on the site, make sure to check out our other courses, free resources, free webinars, and everything else we provide on topics covering both software and soft skills. But now I better let you get back to the interview. Enjoy.
0: We're back from the break talking with Nicola Van Damme about assumptions, asking the right questions, being objective. We started this episode talking about questions not to ask. What are, are so then Nicola, what are, let's go, with, let's go with good questions. What are some good questions that we can ask to, to clarify those assumptions?
1: So they need to be open-ended. That is an absolute must. So very short questions such as, you know, what's going on? what's happening even a statement such as tell me more when you've Mm. invited the conversation and someone has started and they've opened up a little bit but you're looking for that further clarification tell me more and another great question what else
0: Mm. love that I, i i guess it all stems from again uh, being curious and not, not giving in to the, the assumption monster uh, and, and uh, going, all right, I'm going to be curious and go past what I'm assuming here.
1: Absolutely. You're, you're opening up the dialogue. And the important piece is once you've opened it up to make sure that you are listening to the responses and allowing that space for the person to give you the information as well in order to keep that dialogue going. You want it to be two-way.
0: Right, absolutely. Well, let's go to, if you're ready, what we'd like to call in our episode, Failure, Ta-Da! And so this is uh, going from Ta-Da to Ahas, a moment in your leadership career journey, Nicola, where there was a moment that maybe felt like a failure at the time, but really was actually a, a turning point or a learning moment for you. Uh, so, do you have an anecdote that you can that you can share with our listeners?
1: I do, uh, and it's very much aligned with our themes for today's conversation. I was presenting a proposal to senior leaders, and I had collected data points. I had practiced. I was I was I was good to go, and in the moment, some of the information that I presented wasn't well received. Hmm. And because emotions, people are triggered in those moments. They're hearing things that they don't necessarily agree with. And, you know, I'm starting to sweat because uh, (laughs) it's not going the way I planned. Mm -hmm. And so I started trying to backpedal in the moment. And I realized quite quickly that backpedaling was not going to get me anywhere in that moment because what I had to say and the the things that I was trying to clarify were not going to be heard because the emotions were just too high in that moment.
0: Right.
1: So from that, it's so important to pause, let the situation calm and Mm -hmm. then continue the conversation. It might be a few minutes later, it might be Half an hour later, it could be the next day, but just making sure that you allow for that time for the emotions to calm before continuing on.
0: I, I allowed a pause. I put it into practice right there, Nicola. That's a, that's such a great example. Probably the hardest thing to do when our our emotions are so high, our adrenaline is going, uh, but. At, but going back to your, your story with the supervisor where we're so quick to to jump in, uh, we're so quick to backpedal, we're so quick to explain, but if the other person isn't listening, it, it doesn't help because their temperature is also elevated. So I love this idea of a pause to be able to recalibrate uh, everyone's emotions and just be able to lower the temperature, just even even that just 10%, just lowering that just helps everyone to be able to hear each other better. and again, like the assumptions for us to sort of move past where we're at uh, and get to a bit more clarification, get a little bit deeper. One question here, did the supervisor say, why did you do that?
1: No, (laughs) no, (laughs) but the conversation was shut quite quickly.
0: (laughs) Very good. Nicola, this has been great. Thank you so much for talking about being, how to be objective, checking our assumptions, asking those clarifying questions. Some great examples here for our listeners. If they have any more questions or would like to connect with you, where can they uh, reach out to you, Nicola?
1: I can reach out directly on LinkedIn.
0: Perfect. So that's Nicola Van Dam on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for being our guest on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And now it's time for our three stars, No Trois Etoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you can start to put into practice. Number one, stay away from why questions, as in why did you do that. It's a shutdown question. It's just going to make someone defensive. You've made an assumption, as Nicola said. Don't be a parent. Number two, am I assuming? Mm, yes, if you are looking for patterns or behaviors that fulfill your beliefs about that person. But ask yourself, did it really happen? What did they really say or do? Or did you just make it fit into your assumptions about them? And number three, to be objective, use these as your go-to questions, such as what's going on? What's happening? Tell me more. And everyone's favorite, what else? These questions open the dialogue, force you to pause and listen to what is important. Now, if you're not sure where you can apply these three stars in business or maybe even in life, try this. Here's the next step. you got nothing to lose by clarifying. That's how you know you're not assuming. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review. Even better. Subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompUEs. And if you'd like more information, free resources, or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting, or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you, and we will see you next episode.